We the bestest cast with the left twist. Pat fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. On the guest list with Fox trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante coming hot off the heels of the 2023 Grammys. We have an amazing interview today with Art from Everclear. Realistically, one of my favorite conversations we've ever had. It truly was a fucking amazing yeah, convo. Definitely. Yeah, dude. Easy. Holy fuck. Top, top three interviews we've done on here for me. I mean, it's it's you can't even argue it. It's It's like... Well, it's just first, so fucking easy to talk to him, and yet, you know, like, he's a legend, but he's also just, like, easy to talk to. Sometimes interviews with artists is fucking tough, and this was not that. Not at all, dude. He yeah. was just, he was letting it hang out. The best part is at the end, he was like, dude, we didn't even get into the drugs or the women. This was the easy shit. He was like, <laughs> we didn't even go into the, into the crazy stuff. So, realistically, man, I didn't, I, I expected to be good. I was a little worried when I found out that the interview was at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning in Australia. Uh, I didn't know what kind of shape he was going to be in being it was so early in the morning in time zones, but he was fucking electric. That was an awesome conversation, man. Dude, he's um, always been the sweetest human being, like sit down with you, talk with you, ask about you kind of person, you know, just my favorite kind of person. I wasn't expecting motivation. That was a motivational ass conversation. At I forgot end, I, that I even reached out to him when he had COVID. <laughs> I was like, man. oh, shit, I, I did do something nice. That's crazy. What a fucking G. <laughs> what a fucking G, dude. Great convo. Stay tuned for the art interview, man. He's, he's a really one-of-a-kind guy, and that was a great convo, especially for, like, songwriters. Like, there were some gems in there for people who are songwriters just to be like, I always love, asking that, I love asking that question of, like, did you know you were in the zone when you were just pumping out number one hit after number one hit? And he was like, yeah, I fucking knew it, dude. You yeah, can't his, like, I can his, throw anything against the wall. Yeah, his comparison to, like, being on fire in – arch rivals the best or nba jam you know what i mean like that's the shit <laughs> yeah dude. i loved how uh i loved how a lot of people are like oh yeah you know i'm i'm honest and i'm real and i mean he that was his fucking honest uh conversation is like as comfortable a person i've as as a comfortable a person I've seen with themselves in a long, long time. Like yeah. he had no problem answering those questions, Colin. Um, and he wasn't trying to be humble. He wasn't like, you know, like a lot of people there would be like, Oh, you know, no, I was just happy that, you know, <laughs> we were killing it and I was along for the ride. He was just like, no man, we were fucking, we were killing it. I was on fire. Like, yeah, you talked about the NBA jam thing like that. Hearing shit like that is just non-cliche stuff is so fucking refreshing. Oh, it's so nice, man. It's so nice. And I I, I can't thank that guy enough for taking the time. Um, I think that's going to be a big hit with the people. I think art is someone who uh, people are interested in. And uh, that that's gonna that's a great fucking interview. So I'm excited to get into that. But besides that, we did just do a piece of content that lasted four fucking hours. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Cole, the intern who... Uh, set up the Grammy live stream because it actually went way better than I thought it was going to go. We didn't even know if it was going to work when we started it. Um, Kenny dipped out midway through. That was nice. It just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yo, sick. got those kids, man. That's the excuse for everything. Just to let people know, it was like noon my time when there was a text on the thread that was like, so how are we going to do this? <laughs> so, so that they know how close we like to cut things. Yeah, Dude, That's I, what I've gotten used to just being involved for these last few months. It's like 
what's the word term fly by the seat of your pants is that the yeah. phrase yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. so <laughs> annoying yeah but you gotta yeah but people gotta understand too We're says not the dude in a car dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I will say this to anybody who thinks what we do is easy or that we have some sort of backing here we don't we do all of this by ourselves and we're trying to figure it out as we fucking go. It's crazy to think that we have the guests that we have and the high profile that we like we're starting to gain. And we're literally just doing this in the off time. Like, I don't know how to put this. Like, we all have other things going on, but this is very important to us. And we're gonna find a way to make it work. That's how we've always operated in this. And you know what? It's crazy, and I've said it before, and you know, while we're complimenting ourselves right now, yeah, the, the, amount of, the amount of people who have hit me up or like dm'd me being like yo that episode was so good and i'm like you listen to the podcast yeah, <laughs> like all the time you're like oh cool man yeah no it's it truly is like i understand that it is irritating to fly by the seat of your pants but i think i've semi gotten used to it at this point one day it's we'll like, get a producer and it'll be sick yeah i think cole should just start producing i mean cole fucking did a great job yeah i mean uh he's incredibly know. so smart my yeah, between, uh yeah go ahead my mom is like our biggest fan and she was so pumped when I posted that picture of interviewing Art. Art. She was like, finally, someone that I know and, like, love. Like, I can't wait to listen to this. Dave Williams in the building. David, how are you, buddy? David. Right. David. Actually, you know what? I will say this. I am excited because Dante and I have a little date night planned. Aww. Oh, a little date night tonight? What's what do we got going on? Uh, we are going to interview J.D. Clayton. Ooh. Um, who none of you guys know who he is. He is a country artist, um, just getting kind of up and rolling. He's very good listening to his shit. And then we're going to what I think is the best burger spot I've ever been to. It's called Little Bad Wolf. And I've been starving myself the entire day uh, in preparation for that burger tonight. Those are oh, the yeah. special days when you're like, I'm not going to eat for a fucking four weeks before I go to yeah. this place. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a there's an Italian spot my neighbor called Fiorino that's a house. There's nine tables in it. That that's it was the, the it was the last place we went to. It was the night COVID shut everything down. We were like, we gotta go to Fiorino one last time. And then Been as soon there, as restaurants fucking awesome. And then as soon as restaurants opened back up, we went right back there the, the same day it opened back up. It's mm -hmm. that they do they do a good Can you guys not talk about Italian restaurants because I'm in a fucking Italian food desert out here. <laughs> the only good Italian yeah, food are. is the stuff I can cook. And like I'm not I'm good, but I'm not like fucking you know top level restaurant good you know? i tell you what i do miss those congos parties where you guys would cook the gnarliest best food it was such good yeah time. those were fun man yeah. fuck yeah uh all right let's talk about the grammys real quick um obviously i said it i don't think there was one big winner i don't think it was like a like a, oh it's a coronation of this one person kind of a night harry styles won which was very weird it was weird it felt like i said it on the stream i said it felt like they were trying to make everybody happy it felt like they had every label they were trying to make, like Lizzo won one, Beyonce won one, uh, Harry Styles won one, Bonnie Raitt, dude, the biggest surprise of the night that Bonnie Raitt didn't even fucking know was happening. Bonnie Raitt won Song of the Year, and she legit, she legitimately stood there and was like, "What the fuck?" And I, I went online. <laughs> Gen, Gen Z was mad. Gen Z was like, "Who the fuck is this lady?" First off, Bonnie Raitt's a fucking legend. Don't ever disrespect Bonnie Raitt. She's a fucking stud. I love watching when people don't expect to win and then they win. I thought that was fucking awesome. Shouts out Bonnie Raitt. Um, I guess Harry Styles would be the big winner of the night. He won album of the year for Harry's house. I got no, I got no slight to that. Dante was Dante, weren't you mad? No, you were mad about Lizzo winning record of the year. I don't know, man. I was mad about the whole the whole fucking thing is just it's 
jumped the shark so many times that it's just like, I don't know why I fucking care anymore, but I do. Um, I, I disagree with you though, that Harry Styles was a big winner of the night because I don't know if you've seen the last two days, he is getting yeah. killed yeah, I saw for it. his fucking killed? acceptance yeah. speech. Oh, killed. What did he do? I didn't even, for, listen, I, I didn't listen to the, he, I was talking. He was out of touch and insensitive in his acceptance speech. What did don't he make, do? Don't make me like him. <laughs> yeah, what did he say? He said, he said, quote unquote, people like me don't win this award. <laughs> you win every year. What the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I did see that. And it was well, crazy. Know, we it's like, dude. I don't know how we didn't catch this live. Like, I was high as fuck. So I'm, I'm <laughs> chalking. <laughs> I'm chalking it up to that for me. For you, I don't know how you didn't catch that. Uh, that should have set off fucking red flags right away. Like, oh boy, he's gonna he's gonna hear it for that. Can I? Can I, can I say that that um, that history of rap performance oh. fucking blew my. I, I didn't get to watch it. I had to put my fucking kids to bed, and it was live, so I couldn't like pause it because I don't have the shit. So I went back and watched it on YouTube, and I was blown away. At that point, Dude, in the, stream, wasn't it was, it the best. Dude. It was me, Dante, and Cole sitting there, and Jets. We're losing it. And, Dude, when and, method when method goes into method, uh, man, like I didn't ne never thought that that would happen. You're like, Yo, Buster Rhymes. Buster yes. Rhymes stole the show. Yeah, yeah oh, Buster Rhymes sure. stole the for show. Sure. Uh, Dude, and so then I, our boy, my boy just, Chuck, it D. just kept getting it just kept getting better and better. Yeah. We were like, holy shit. Holy shit! Dude, Holy so, shit! Yeah, Chuck, D, Chuck D hasn't done shit like that in so long. For him to come out with that voice, oh man! Well, so I I was complaining after the fact that they skipped ten years in rap. They went from Busta to Lil Baby, and I was like, so you skipped Wayne. You had to skip Kanye, obviously, because you can't have Kanye on the Grammy stage. Uh, you skipped Dipset. You skipped the entire LimeWire era. You skipped like frat rap. You skipped like Wiz Khalifa and Big Crit and all them. Big Sean. What happened was there were two more performances that were supposed to be there that didn't at the end. Like Lil Wayne was supposed to do a Millie and didn't. I don't oh, know why. That'd have been so hard. It would have been oh. perfect. Oh. Yeah, there was one, there was one where more did in there you that, hear that? Uh Quest Love did an interview after the fact. Also, do you remember when DJ Jazzy Jeff came out and I was like, Will Smith's gonna come out? Will Smith yeah, was supposed he, to be there and yeah, he backed he out canceled. the last second. Yeah. That would have yeah, slapped, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> he would have just turned around and smacked the shit out of Quest Love for no reason. No way, Will Smith's taking out Quest Love. Yeah, Quest Love <laughs> is untouchable. But no, I thought that was the highlight of the night for me. I thought the the hip hop, uh, the fifty year dude, Queen Latifah coming out. She still sounds so fucking badass. People forget that Queen Latifah is a fucking great rapper. Yeah, that actually blew my mind. That blew my Can mind. Can I just say something about Queen Latifah? There's this jazz song written in like the 1920s called lush life and it's like legendarily one of the hardest songs to sing in fact like frank sinatra even said like he, i don't think there's a recording of him he's like i can't tackle that song it's too hard for me queen latifah has a version of that song out straight up just like a jazz performance of that song that is insanely fucking good and it's like a legitimately musically hard song to sing it's like all over the place melodically harmonically and everything so did you know like, that did you know that there's a band called queef latina no. <laughs> <laughs> fans, right? Yeah, if there's not, there should be, is I guess what I'm saying. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, th there was a lot. There was a few really good performances throughout the night. Mary J. Blige was great. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into my rant about 
I've done enough about DJ Khaled at the end, but the <laughs> the the Jay Z verse for five minutes. Yo, I got I got awesome. a little thing that I don't want to go too deep into, but the Sam Smith performance, right? Which everybody's losing their shit over the music yeah. video and all this different stuff, and then now you've got senators being like demonic, you know, performance yada yada yada. Don't make me like, like him. Do y'all not remember Kiss and like all these other bands yeah, where it's yeah, like, yeah. dude, you're old. That's what happened. You're old. And I, dude, and- I was talking about this with my brothers though. There's something about like fucking celebrities dressing up as Satan that is yeah. so corny. Yeah, and I yeah. just like to picture yeah. Satan sitting down yeah. in the depths of hell going like cringe. Yeah. Cringe. Yeah. Fucking stop God dressing like me. You guys aren't getting it right. It's not red. It's whatever. Like he's he's like you're messing up the outfit. A- have you guys seen that SNL skit with Garth Brooks and Will Ferrell where we're, we're Oh, it's one of the Will best Ferrell's- things. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, it's a guitar from the bowels of hell. It's actually a Stratocaster. <laughs> he can't tune it. Yeah, he can't tune it. I, Johnny, I totally agree. I was watching it live with Kyle and just spouting off about the Illuminati symbolism and everything. And I don't want to fall into the trap because they're purposely doing it. They're purposely saying when they're planning it, oh, do you know how pissed off people are going to be about this? People are going to lose their fucking minds. It's all they're going to be talking about all week. So to fall into the trap is doing exactly what they fucking set out and intended to do, which part two of that is the last supper fucking shit. They did at the end with Kyle and all that. I didn't want to fucking follow that trap either, but that was again, kind of pretty sacrilege and a slap in the face to, you know, I'm a pretty big Led Zeppelin. I'm a pretty big Led Zeppelin guy, and J- Jimmy Page used to hold seances in the dark to like worship the devil. So I think the, the single biggest argument about any like Illuminati conspiracies and all that stuff is like if any of it worked, Madonna would look a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yo. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's Yo. not working. I don't believe in any of it. <laughs> Dude, I remember we were watching it, and and Wayne Jetsky was like. Yo, I definitely would with Madonna. And then he texted me back the next day to said close up of Madonna's face. He's like, yo, I took back what I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know. The Grammys overall, like, I think we all get the same thing every year. Where we're like, yo, this is so pretentious. So goddamn pretentious. But it was fun to be able to talk shit live on the air. That was actually also, pretty fun. Hey, also, uh, Stapleton stole yo. the show again. I mean, he is like, I, I wrote about this. Every fucking award show, they, they're like, hey, Chris Stapleton, we want you to play with this fucking megastar legend, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. And he gets up there and just fucking crushes it. Well, yeah. It's, like, it's, with his like, eyes closed. it's like, um, uh, for like ever, it was like John Mayer and Gary Clark Jr. Anytime they had to like honor a blues musician, they bring Gary Clark Jr. and John Mayer out to do the blues licks. Now it's like Stapleton. If they have to do like a big performance with vocals, they're like, Chris Stapleton, come on out. I'm cool with it. Fucking- not just his vocals, though. Like we were we were commenting on the live stream. He did that guitar solo with Stevie playing that like, I don't know if it was a slide guitar or what it was. But I mean, he fucking shredded the fuck out of that song. Higher, it was higher ground, right? That's what yeah. they performed together. Monster. Monster. killed it he's 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 the best man uh if you got I, the opportunity to go on stage and play with stevie wonder would you do it like i legitimately I mean, like my brain's like half that i wouldn't it's like he's too much of a fucking god it's like you don't want to step on those hallowed grounds you know what yeah, i mean yeah i agree with that i mean uh, it's like oh, it's too scary 
Also, no one has ever looked like they have had unbelievable amounts of sex in their life more than fucking, uh, what's his name, Smokey Robinson. The whole time we were sitting there like, yeah, Smokey definitely fucks back in the day. No doubt in my mind. Who was it on the stream who was talking about, I think it was Jetski was talking about the venereal diseases that Stevie Wonder has. <laughs> he just randomly yeah, started yeah. going off about it. He's like, dude, Stevie Wonder has like crazy VD. I was like, where the fuck did this come from? I was like, what are we talking about here? Um, uh, okay, so that's a weird way to get out of that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go into our interview with Art, uh, and then we'll come out and do on list off list and get the fuck out of here because this is an amazing hour and twenty minute long interview with uh, Art from Everclear. Let's go into that interview now with Art from Everclear. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, one of my favorite goddamn bands from the 90s, a fucking hit factory, on tour now. We have Art from Everclear. Art, how are you, brother? Good, man. Hello from Down Under, boys. Yeah, you're in Australia right now, aren't you? Oh, shit. Yeah, it's, um, I don't my watch on. It's nine o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. What? <laughs> you're only seven hours behind. <laughs> Me, at least. And a day. What it's 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 Monday there, right? Yeah, he's like, wait, no shit. Never mind. You're like <laughs> twenty-four hours ahead or something. Dave's you know not good that, on clocks. You know what that makes me? A time traveler. Yeah, you're in the future. Oh yeah. fuck, we've I'm never had a time future. traveler on here before. It's 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 awesome, man. When you when you when you go over here, who's been to have any of you guys been to Australia? Oh no, no one's been to Australia, it doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, me and the convicts, right? Me, me and the convicts and the, yeah. the, the cutthroats. Man, I'm we're in a part of uh, Sydney called Booj, um, uh, Kuji Beach, mm. and it's just packed with like young, attractive people. And when I say people, I mean women, of course. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not checking out the guys. I, I'm sure they're attractive too. But yeah, we got here last night, and I went to the supermarket. And there's just like hot chicks just, you know, walking around the supermarket. And I'm like, oh, it's that. <laughs> I think that's where they farm all the Instagram, like the thirst traps. It's like, yeah, there. it is. Yeah. Well, that's like the was, Genesis ground they're zero. All like fitness models in incredible shape with incredible jeans and exotic. Like uh, it, it's yes. unbelievable. I, can't, yeah. I, I don't doubt you one bit. With what you're saying right now, that accent, yeah, and you know, which is totally wasted on me because I'm madly in love with my wife of, <laughs> of 18 years, and I'm 60, and I've been married four times, and you, you know, it's not that new to me, right? But I can appreciate <laughs> it. But uh, th there's one single guy in the band, and he's this—I don't want to say wow. schlubby little guy. But, uh, <laughs> we mean, can. We can say like it. Fish in the barrel, boys. You're in the funny. wrong places. You know, it's funny. The last time I was with AWOL touring, it was like five members. Four of us were married. And then we got a new guitar player who was like 23 and single. And so we all like vicariously were like, that one, that one. <laughs> Kenny, I forgot you were on this call. How you doing, brother? Good to see you, my friend. It's been a long time. Dude, man, last time you reached out to me, last time we talked, uh, uh, or texted was when I was in the hospital with COVID, and I want to appreciate that. My you. man, oh, thank man. you for reaching out to me. Always, a lot man. of cats that I've known for years 
didn't, yeah. and you did. Man. I, I mean, I, that's, that's good to hear. Don't I'm give him too much credit, though. He really I, is an asshole. Podcast. Someone's saying how nice Kenny is, and I'm getting I, fucking sick of it. I hate the positive like reassurances that Kenny's actually a good person because we've made up our mind for a long time now that Kenny's not a good person. This is why Damn I it. have friends, and you guys don't have friends. <laughs> that's but true. Friends are overrated. Who needs friends when you have like nobody? That's the way to go. <laughs> no, Kenny that's is a really, good guy. That's that's really sad. Can I use you as a sad emoji? For yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm making <laughs> NFTs about it right now. If anybody ever deserves yeah. to be a sad emoji, it's White Sox Dave, dude. No, it's not sad. That's like my that's my nirvana. Yeah. Well, there's nothing more sad than a guy talking about NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what they are still, but I know I'm doing them. God, yeah, sad boy emoji. I like sad boy NFTs. I like ask people like yeah. I just NFT. Well, every every NFT is a sad boy NFT. Facts, basically. facts, man. It's all fit right it, in. Perfect. It, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Anyway, I mean that's kind of like a good segue into this art too, because I mean we've had a couple people on recently where I was talking about. Kind, of, I think it was Nickelback I was talking to about, but just like bands that have lived through different phases of the music industry. And like it's funny, you guys have been around for like 30 fucking years now. And it's like, imagine back in 94 when you guys are selling millions of CDs and telling you, yo, you gotta focus on streaming and NFTs in 2023. You would have probably just been like, all right, fuck this, I'm out. Well, 94, I was I that's when I got signed. So it depends on what part of 94 you 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 look at. Like the first half of 94, I made like fifteen hundred dollars, right? Right. And then I got a publishing deal, and then I got signed two months after that. So I made $84,000 for the year. And that was more money than my mom had made in any three years of her life at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. God damn. So, I mean, just the, the and I, the only reason I say that is because you're right. Like, even go to 97, 98, the whole thing of no one's buying CDs, everybody's buying vinyl. And what the hell is streaming? But you know, right? I still go, always go back to like, like our friend Max, right? I always talk about Max where we're like, he's like, Kenny, you, you, you guys sold this many songs or whatever. I'm like, digital downloads. I'm like, there's something so special about being like, I sold a million fucking hard copies of my CD. People had to go to the store mm -hmm. or order from Columbia House and get the CDs. Right, yeah. right. That's a good point. It's it's tactile, right? It's something that you can hold. Yeah. And it's like I made this. I made this fucking record right here. You guys this used to take so much time to make the inserts, the backgrounds, the the lyrics, the everything. Like fuck, man, it was such a process. It was so beautiful. Like I, I, if I were an artist, I wouldn't even bother with like like uh like record art or anything these days because no one consumes it like that unless no. you're buying it for the novelty of having a record. Like House of Bradley, all you guys can't see it, but <laughs> but like I mean, everybody just cherry picks off the internet what they want to listen to these days. It's true, but but I but look, like I said earlier, the sales of vinyl is through the roof, man. No, it's going crazy now. Yeah, you know, and is it competing with digital downloads? Never in any universe will that ever happen. But for a band like us, we're putting out a live record in June. We're gonna sell vinyl cds and downloads but where i i think the thing is you have to think outside the box that if you're going to send sell something with vinyl you got to give them more out value added to it a, a single or something like that because people are going to pay the money mm -hmm. yeah. they're going to pay an extra 10 15 bucks 20 bucks 
to our have label convinced you. us that cassettes were coming back. So we <laughs> they are. A bunch of cass- you I know they are, but not for us they weren't because we're sitting on a bunch of fucking cassettes now. <laughs> so many cassettes lately. I got a ghetto blaster, I've got public enemy, I've got easy e, I've got nirvana, I've got all the best cassettes, dude. It's so good. The dude, last cassette dude. I remember good. Yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say the hipster kids love the, the fucking cassettes. Yeah. I, dude, they sound like shit. Yeah. They're horrible. They're horrible. When I'm out but, in the garage tweaking on cars, that's when the ghetto blaster gets play hit, and then we go. I remember I had a supernatural bar. Carlos Santana with like Maria Maria on it. And shit. Yeah, we burnt that goddamn. Uh, what's that? The the cassette tape out. Like rewinded it so many times. Sticking a pencil in the hole and yeah. trying to rewind yeah. it. Just so yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, this is the kind of shit I love talking about. Yeah, you're trying dude. to tape it, trying to tape the tape. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. But no, it's it it is incredible because I mean, what is it? Thirty years officially. How many years has it been now that Everclear has been a a unit? Well, it's almost thirty one. In April, I I turned sixty one, and the band turns thirty one because that's when I put the ad in this paper that was up out of Seattle called the Rocket. I don't know if any of you guys remember the Rocket. I remember the story. I remember the story. And, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I found some guys in Portland and went into a rehearsal hall and they sucked. And then <laughs> I met some guys in Seattle and they were awesome, but we were all too poor to go back and forth and they weren't going to move there. And I had a baby coming in June, so I couldn't do that. So I went back to the other guys and we just started slugging it out <laughs> through the year. And then uh, I got a chance to make a record on quarter dig this, Kenny. Quarter inch eight track. <laughs> what? For oh, ten bucks an hour, and I didn't even have the money. I was. I just had uh, two effects. I had a quad reverb. Anybody remember quad reverbs? Yeah. <laughs> I had a quad reverb and a Lexicon digital delay in a, in a little rack, right? And he gave me he gave me four hundred dollars worth of trade. And we made our first album, World of Noise. No oh, way. Those kinds of those kinds of limitations, though, sometimes are what brings out the magic. Because I, you know, you find yourself in the studio now, and you can literally do anything you can anything. think of, and it's it's like too much choice. Absolutely, I really think that for creative people, that that good stuff comes out of the id and out of out of yeah. the muck and shit when your back is up against the one wall. One of my favorite and, things. And limitations. One of my I favorite agree. things these days is that there's a lot of um multi-tracks of old 70s 80s bands or whatever where you can get them and put them into your pro tools and hear the tracks played i have queen's bohemian rhapsody uh marvin Gaye's heard it through the grapevine right Ooh. but it's eight tracks right and the guitar starts here and then it pops to this <clears> track <throat> and then the but then it yeah. goes to background vocals and it goes because they only had eight and they had to figure out how to layer it's really interesting when you can like i'm a visual i'm a new pro tools guy right so i see audio so to see how they made those decisions you know, like a yeah. snare drum will show up on a vocal track, but because they're mixing it in real time at the fate, it's it's insane. You know, that's funny because I I had to make that choice when when we were recording an eight track, right? So we had eight tracks. Yeah. So uh, kick, snare, overheads for the drums. That's four tracks right there. Bass, not two, no, no direct box, nothing, nothing like that. Bass track. Rhythm guitar track, lead vocal track. So then for harmonies or any guitar leads or second guitar parts, we would have to put them on the same track. Yep. Yep. Oh. 
Yeah, and you're, when you're when bouncing, I'm, like actually bouncing down before that was just like a keyboard command. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do we didn't do any bouncing. Oh, you didn't it, do any bouncing. Wow. No, because it was basically live. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this guy didn't have the only effects he had were the ones I fucking traded him for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this verse has I, three singers. You have to sing it at the same time. Well, yeah. But but think about that. Think about all the classic records that were made in the room yep. right now. Yep. Nope, that's not the take. Yeah. 4B is the yep. take. All and the Motown, the all, all the Motown records are basically cut live that. in a small all room. The Wrecking Crew documentary was one of the Absolutely. best documentaries I had seen that talked about the live recording of stuff. They're like, take 151. You're like, fuck, that's amazing. So how has that changed over the course of your career in terms of different records you've recorded? Have you have you gone with the times and gone fully digital like Kenny with 3,000 tracks and me? Like, you know, where you're just like, oh, add another one here, add another one there. Or have you kept things relatively simple? Well, I let, let's say, oh, thank you. <laughs> Kenny's saying you're number one, dude. Yeah, number one. <laughs> um, you know, um, that's a really good question because as success happened uh, for us, you know, I started thinking I was fucking Brian Wilson or something you know, <laughs> back, in, back in the 90s. And, dude, I don't know if any of you guys remember I uh, before Pro Tools and our biggest album, So Much for the Afterglow, which is, to date has sold over 3 million records, was recorded like on, you know, Studer's. 24-track yep. studers. But by the end of it, when we were mixing it, man, I was dragging at least one studer behind a, one of those Sony Digital 32, uh -huh. 3228, I think it is, 32-track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and uh, that we run it from the Lord Algies because they owned everything, you know, the brothers. And it was just like you would – we would have – like 400 feet of drag just to get the sympathy to kick in, man, <laughs> yeah. to get everything. If you guys know what I'm talking about. I so do, yeah. I've gone from recording on quarter-inch A-track to that, to recording uh, all digital on Pro Tools. And uh, like the next album we did, I, I bought a bunch of uh, uh, old uh, Neve 1078s. Yep, nice. And, uh, uh, you know, and recorded through those and, 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 you know, just all this really great vintage gear that got ruined in a flood in my basement. Awesome. And, uh, oh. but it's, it's gone full circle because now, um, I record with a, a guy, the last few things we've recorded is with this guy, Jim Kaufman. I don't know if you oh, guys know Jim, Jim Jim's, Kaufman. Jim's my old production partner. I used to work, I worked with him. You every know Jim. Like you, I know, you know, Jim. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he's great. Yeah. And, we just we just recorded in his house and he's got his drum set up or in his garage like studio. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's minimal and simple. But he also has like in that studio. Have you been to his studio? Oh, dude, he has the the Neve Melbourne sidecar, a full burl rig mothership, like the craziest crazy. Oh wow. <laughs> he, he might have a three quarters of a million dollars worth yeah. of gear. For sure, for sure. I remember yeah. once. And I'm not. Like, I'm not. I'm not like, exaggerating. Full tech so, EQs, and he. I was like, "Well, how much are they?" He goes, 40 grand a piece." I'm like, "For EQ? Are you kidding me?" I like this conversation. I like this conversation because, like, I'm like, I'm pretty uh, illiterate when it comes to gear, and I know Dave's 
definitely on a different planet right now as far as like trying to understand this. Yeah, I have no idea what you guys is are that talking what, about. His eyes are doing this. <laughs> like, I'm a songwriter. I know I know how to write songs. I don't know shit about fucking consoles. I know what the names are and I know it's expensive, but like I think subconsciously you know like there's certain things like my I, I grew up my dad was in the in the business and has still got two studer uh, 24 track machines that we've lugged around the world like growing up so like when I was a kid he had me like splicing tape just for fun and that and he's been pulling up some of the multi tracks he's he's got of himself and other bands that he worked with and I'll tell you what man that shit sounds better yeah. when you listen to it back straight like that it's like undeniable it's for me it's not worth the trouble and like I'm in such a different mindset but holy shit does it sound good it is but it, it does sound it does sound good. It sounds better, man. When you just pound shit to tape and yeah. just get that tape compression, they've come really, really close at emulating it, but Steven it Slate. ain't the same thing. That's Steven Slate. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Kenny. I was just saying that Steven Slate tape emulator is one of the most like go-to master bus plugins there is. It's, yeah. real, it's really good. And if you AB it with a bunch of Ponzi you know, uh, uh, gear aficionados, they're not going to be able to tell. Yeah. But the, but, but the point is, the kids listening to music now, no one's listening to shit on nice speakers. No. On fucking AirPods mm-hmm. and in their cars. and Which has all got its built-in weird-ass compression on top of everything. But... You know what? I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like the end result is listening on a shitty system to a shitty MP3 or AAC. But when you take an old record, like even like way back, like take a Little Richard record, what's so amazing about that good source material is you can literally play it through fucking anything and it sounds good. So there's yeah. something about that source material. Absolutely, dude. Because it was it was the real shit. I I agree. I I remember I got someone gave me. Like, um, because they knew I was, a, I was a little Richard fan. You know, I'm an, I'm a rock and roll fan, new, old. I just fucking love rock and roll. I can't wait for you guys to hear this live record. Cause it's raw as fuck. And oh, let's it, go. It nice. sounds great. We recorded one night at the whiskey and I had never played the whiskey before. I played every club in the world <laughs> and I grew up in LA. I'd never, I, I had sex and shot heroin at the whiskey, but I. Never <laughs> Yo, let's Sometimes go. at the same time. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, yeah, you know, the he gave me a. Uh, God, I don't. They must have got it from the masters, and it was on vinyl, and just uh, of the old masters of of uh, Little Richard's greatest hits. And just cranked it up on this old Lin amp system that I used to have. And it just sounded like I was in a, a fucking nasty studio full of smoke. Mm. And back, you know. Yeah, some of that old gear and those old recordings, you understand why all these like weird music nerd engineers like use words like butter and velvet and honey, all like these silly words to describe music. And then you hear it and you're like, Oh, I get it. Yeah, this sounds like honey. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. But you know one thing that really came to me when I was listening to that little Richard, how he his voice was so loud that it would overdrive those those yeah. uh, whatever it was. Uh, I don't know what mics he used. I'm sure it was old, you know, like condenser mics, or maybe it was like an old Coles mic or something. But it sounded so fucking punk rock. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> 
because he's just like screaming and the band's just raging and it's just like and it's in the moment it's and right there right that, there that's what's, what's more so, punk rock than that that's what's so important to me when i work with bands when they're like i want this to be louder or grittier and i'm like then play it harder yeah dude. <laughs> my, my mentor jimmy messer who did like all the uh he worked with the guy who did spoon mike mccarthy and like all this stuff mm which I feel like I learned the most stuff from him. He was like, the amp goes to 10. And if you want it clean, you play light. If you want it dirty, you fucking dig into it. And that's how a guitar player plays. And I was like, man, that's incredible. Yeah, because that's how you play. And 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 that's the thing about guitar players. I'm not a great guitar player. I'm not. But I have a thing. It's like Max. You talk about Max Collins. Max Collins has a thing. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's nobody's like you know, epitome of bass player or even guitar player, but he has an edge to him that is his. Yeah. And a cadence that's in his head. And I think, I think most of the original people who are making songs and recording music have that. Yeah. And you it's such a state of mind <laughs> thing. And uh, Kenny and I, we, we toured with Max when Kenny was in a band with Max co called Fitness. And I, that's so much of what I learned from Max was just like, it's I don't know how to describe it other than like commitment. Yeah. Like he would just get behind the mic. We were recording shit on the bus on like the worst possible equipment you could have. And it didn't matter because he had commitment and it came through in, in the, in the take. Do you know what I mean? I agree. And you, you, you like what I was saying before, you can't teach that, yeah. you know, you can teach the craft, but you can't teach that. And uh, it's like Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top, you know, Billy Gibbons can pick up any guitar. It could be a fucking cheap ass, you know, dime store guitar. And it still sounds like Billy Gibbons because it's all here. My guitar player, Davey French, has that same thing. Yeah. Where any guitar he picks up sounds like him. You know, take take and, the world's best, like you said, best bass player and put them through the worst gear. Sounds incredible. Take a normal hmm. bass player and put them through incredible gear, and it sounds like trash. That's it like sounds a, like you guys are telling me to stop buying gear. And yeah. It's not going to help. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> but, it looks you... great, but it looks great in the picture. Look, yeah, it looks good, huh? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's funny you brought up Billy Gibbons, because like that whole time I'm thinking back, my dad is a kid telling me, you know, I'd always be like, I want this big Marshall, this big Marshall stack, whatever. And he's like, Billy Gibbons and Keith Richards played through what he called these little cigarette box amps where they were like legitimately the size of cigarette boxes and they would mic them on fucking stage. And it's just like, dude, learn how to play your fucking instrument first and then worry about the gear. After. I don't even I would, tour anymore. Yeah. We've all been there. We all wanted that. You know, it's just like you get that. And, and, and a lot of it's a dick thing, you know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's all if, if we're being honest about it. And there's sixty. Who do I have to fucking impress, right? If I can play but, through Marshall full stack, I would two full cabinets to the sky, baby. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> on, to get I'm that sorry, to empty. break up. How loud does that gotta be to get yeah. that shit to break up? And, and not as loud me. as an AC thirty. You know what I mean? AC thirties oh. are fucking great amps, dude. It's loud as um, all right, on a on more of a songwriter's note, we were kind of talking about your I would call it your Brian Wilson phase, and I wonder if this kind of goes hand in hand when, because I mean, there's just a slew of records that still to this day on alternative radio get spun constantly, yeah. and I'm always interested when you get an artist in that phase of their career where they just can't stop making hits, right? Did you know you were in that moment? Like, were you like everything I'm doing is turning to gold, or was it just like, wow, that one hit too? Like, did you fucking know you were in that fucking moment? 
I love these questions, by the way. It's a really great question. Because, I agree. And, and, and first of all, I'm flattered that you put me in that conversation. Thank you. Um, you know, man, it just seemed like I was, you know, when you're in the zone, you're, you're shooting baskets and yep. it doesn't matter where you're, where you're sh- shooting from. There's like a tube. You're just throwing it in the fucking tube. And I felt like that for years and years and years. Um, literally. For, I mean, we 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 had like four successful records in a row. Who the fuck who does that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I true. Mean, it's very true. I, it was just me being, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of it, I think, in hindsight, I would give credit to my alcoholism. Because even really? though I was even though I was clean and not drinking and not using, I wasn't going to meetings, I wasn't working my program. And I was sleeping with a ridiculous amount of women <laughs> while being married, which most guys go, fuck yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it also left a lot of blood in the water. That was yeah. one of my big questions for you, though, Art, was was that. Um, How many women? <laughs> no, no, no. I was curious, like. um, More than you and not, not as many as Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> no, I was curious. Great answer. Consider your negative experiences in your life, of which I know you've had a lot, uh, as, um, as a good building block for your songwriting. Like, do you think you would have written as big of songs, quote unquote, or as important of songs? If you hadn't experienced some of those horrible, horrible things, I was just always no. curious. Right. No. Yeah. No, I think I would do something creative because, like I said, I don't think that's something you can teach, and I don't necessarily believe that that comes from the damage. But I think the damage um, helps funnel it in, right. sure. into a certain direction. Something to talk about the flavor on it. That's mm-hmm. my. T- that's been my take so far. I don't think damage what? necessarily creates that. Yeah. Art, so I'm I'm one of the younger guys on here that kind of grew up in that all era grunge era. You, I mean, Afterglow was one of the first CDs I ever bought and just played it like religiously, religiously. Um, how, like, when you were writing those songs and putting those out like were you nervous i mean the honesty and the rawness i think being one of these like young punk kids i think that's one of the things that attracted me to not just the genre but everclear and you in general was kind of that you know emo but not goth emo where you guys are literally i mean you're pouring your story out on all these songs and you know, I'd never lived through any of that or experienced that, yet it still resonated with me. And I, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people. Definitely. That grew up in the 90s and early 2000s. And I mean, it, it just, it's like, I can't imagine writing my story and putting it out to millions of people like that. Like, did that even cross your mind or were you just like, we're fucking going? Yes and no. Uh, you're yes to both. Um First of all, I was writing from narrative, like I was writing storytelling. I was writing right. from the first person because that's what appeals to me. That's what struck stories have always resonated with me. And so that being said, um, you know, at the time in the 90s, people were just like some bands were just really good at throwing those kind of lyrics up there that that seemed random, but 
actually kind of made sense, like Nirvana and a lot of the bands like that. Foo oh. Fighters, Foo Fighters for sure. Oh, but, Oasis. But there was plenty of bands that just threw shit against the wall, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Pearl but, Jam. Yeah, we're not gonna name names here. <laughs> the wall. Let's go. Don't don't pick on don't pick on the kids. Come on. Um, <laughs> on the special kids, leave them alone. Um, but but the point I was trying to make is that when I was going through that process, um, I I learned something early on from a lot of the people. My mentors were people I didn't know. They were the the you know Otis Reddy. Um, Brian Wilson, um, the Beatles, the, the Stones, you know, those guys, that's what I learned from. And um, to me, if you listen to my songs, what you're saying about like just the naked honesty, there's songs there that are autobiographical. I'd say about a third of them, like Father of Mine, I Will Buy You a New Life. Um, there's songs that are really intense. And, and another song that's on Afterglow called uh, why I don't believe in God. This is about my mom having a nervous breakdown. But then there's other songs on there that I just take different things from my life and I make um, kind of a compositor and amalgam character, you know, that isn't really me, but is me sometimes. I wish I was or wish I wasn't, you know, mm. writers, mm -hmm. a little bit of writer's influencer. And then the other third of the songs are just totally created. Yeah, and on our our first major label record, Sparkle and Faith, there's a song on there called uh, "Queen of the Air," and it's about this kid that realizes that his real mother jumped off a bridge when he was little, and that's what's been dogging him his whole life. And my drummer goes, "Man, that song is great. And I'm really sorry about your mom." I go, "Why?" Well, my mom, my mom's, my mom lives in Beaverton, Oregon. <laughs> he goes, that's not about your mom. I go, no, I just saw the title on a book, and didn't know what the book was about, and just wrote the song from that. So wow. my point as a songwriter um, is, if you can write from different perspectives, and the listener can't tell the difference, you're doing your job. That's insane. I mean, that's a talent that like the fact that you could convince somebody that knew you that well, that that was a true story. Like that's, that's, in, that's crazy. Well, obviously he didn't know me that well, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But he's still with you like day in and day out. But I mean, did, when did you realize that you had that talent? Um, well, I, I was playing in bands in my late teens and early 20s and playing in all sorts of bands in LA, punk bands, country bands, all sorts of different stuff. And I just, I, I had a really bad, like too much cocaine in my arm and ended up being defibrillated. That was the first of probably five times that happened. And uh, I ended up taking, I quit all my bands and I was in a band. It's funny. You guys will appreciate this. So I'm in a band with a singer who's singing and I'm playing guitar. And um, he's like, man, can you play something more linear? You know, totally pretentious little fucking dude who couldn't even sing that well anyway. <laughs> and I'm like, linear. Define linear. 
I knew what he wanted. He wanted me to palm mute and just do a punk rock dump 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 thing. But I wasn't gonna fucking have, I wasn't gonna bail him out. <laughs> the final linear. First of all, linear is you know, and we're in rehearsal and I start playing and my bass player's looking at me like, don't, nope, nope, don't, don't. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. Unplug my guitar, walk to my case. He's like, don't quit, don't quit. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't deal with people who are singing who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Because if they don't know what they're talking about here, it's never going to change. Right. You teach that. And I went home, and this is before I got clean and sober, and I moved home with my mom, slept on her fold-out couch in Hawthorne, California, and uh, taught myself how to sing and play at the same time. Because I could play guitar, or I could sing, but I couldn't do them both at the same time. And I smoked a bunch of pot and learned how to do that back when I was 20. And I started writing songs. And I wrote some really shitty songs. Yep. Um, and then I started writing some better songs. And I remember I was at someone's house. And I was 20, almost 21. And I had been writing continuous day in, day out, doing nothing but drugs, drinking, occasionally having sex with uh, this girl that we booty call type situation <laughs> my, my main priority in life which wasn't women at that time which is really weird for me and i uh was writing songs and i was at a party you know you know when you're in your late teens 20s you just go parties going to someone's house sitting in their like rec room you're drinking beer and getting fucked up and yeah. there's like six or seven no, i was like 14 people there and i'm just playing this song and all of a sudden I look up and everybody had stopped talking and they're all looking at me. And they're all like, Art, did you write that song? <laughs> and they're like, that's pretty good. Hell um, yeah. So that's when I knew that was my thing. You could because pinpoint I the exact felt, moment. I felt yeah, pretty much. I mean, I had sus suspected it, and I knew that I was mm -hmm. moving towards it. I knew I wasn't there yet, but I knew that, you know, the hardest part of any journey is knowing really where you want to go. And yeah. once you know where you want to go, that's the, everything else is just part of the process. And, you could um, give me, you could give me the biggest pop star in the world right now to interview, and I would take this over that. There is nothing better in the world than to fucking have a songwriter who can synthesize that kind of a thought into you two. Need to, you need agree. to get out of that fucking room, dude. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, like, no. Tell him that. that. One fuck of the that. Cool, one of the coolest things you said. Kenny preaches this all the time. Is the songwriting process like blows my mind because I think it's one of the hardest things in the world to do. Um, to translate thoughts into harmony and music and have it be appreciated at the level you know you i mean you just said how many million records after uh, three million world worldwide in the states it's right under seven million worldwide Jeez. it's around eight sorry not yeah way more than three but i mean it, it's just like craziness to me so one well, of that, was that I, one album that was that one album yeah, i know that that's what i mean i mean so i asked you know we asked a lot of guests that we have on you know that question and kenny says the same thing he's like you he's like you have to write a ton of shitty songs before Absolutely. you start writing good ones but 
it's it's so tough now though because all kids who were starting to write songs put their shit up right away the the shitty songs right back in the day you could write songs hold on to them grow your craft and then fucking get a record deal and then start releasing things out into the world nowadays the the feedback is this quick you write like three shitty songs people tell you it sucks nobody listens and you get discouraged in your ale yo art you'll appreciate this i i not got into it but i had to have a conversation with sweet pea about taking down fitness songs because i fucking hated them and he's like (laughs) You can't take down songs. He goes, the song's already out. People already know them. I'm like, <laughs> down. I never want to see it again kind of thing. So I've deleted songs off the internet. <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you something. I, You know, people are like, do you write any bad songs? Especially in that era when I was writing, you know, we, we had three or four platinum records in a row. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I write bad songs. You just don't hear them. Yeah. <laughs> right. They go over there. And then I cannibalize them. If there's good ideas in a bad song, don't ruin, don't get rid of the song. Take the idea. And I love just, that. You, it's patience, Kenny. Don't you agree? It's just, and you guys who write songs, you got to wait. You got to wait. It's going to, waiting is, you know? It's, I, it's, I was just watching the new uh, Leonard Cohen documentary on Netflix, and he was talking, it's, it's kind of from the angle of Hallelujah and what, what a phenomenon that's become. And he was talking about that song, having worked on it for seven or eight years, ending up with like 180 verses to it. Um, are there any songs in that are unreleased that you've written that are kind of like the "I'm going to get this right one day," you know, where it's like it's it's like your magnum opus. I, I've got one or two of them like that, where I'm like, it's not ready yet. Have you got anything like that? Well, I have songs like that that come out at times. There's a uh... On the on the live record we're doing, there's two new songs that we recorded with Jim Jim Kaufman. Um, that one song's already out. It's called "Year of the Tiger," and uh, it's kind of a political, punky power pop punky song. And then the other song is a song that I have recorded the music for that with three different incarnations of the band, <laughs> and then, but never had the right lyrics had the right melody and I just didn't sweat it. And then when I did a solo record um, in 2018, 20, it came out in 2019. um, And I played everything on the record and I couldn't even, I can't play a drum kit anymore because I have multiple sclerosis and my right leg has what's called drop foot. So I don't have control over that foot as much. Right. And uh, so I had to play the drums. Boom, boom, pow. And then put hi hats on it and stuff, which really is kind of cool. It has a different kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the record has kind of that harvest Joni Mitchell blue kind of kind of feel to it. And um it just the lyrics for that song, <coughs> I was I, I didn't know what that song was about. And I was watching this thing. I've got kids. I don't know if you guys got kids, but I um uh, I was watching this thing about this girl that got bullied on the internet and killed herself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't think of anything more fucking horrific. And I wrote a song. <laughs> Why would I write a song about that? Cause that's what appeals to me. Cause I couldn't think about it without wanting to cry. Yeah. It just hit me so hard. And I wrote a song called sing away that I recorded for the solo record and Everclear just recorded it as more of a rock song 
for the it's going to be an added track on the live album that comes it's out. Funny the life of songs, man. It's so yeah. crazy. When Max yeah. did um did uh, don't throw anything away. Yeah, Just no. Don't play it for people. Did, so uh, it's done. Max and I made an LP called Karate for Fitness. It was going to be a ten song, which everybody said, "Don't do an LP." Why would you do an LP? We wanted to do it. We wrote, I swear to God, over seventy songs for that record, and then whittled it down to ten. And but then some of those ones that got bucketed are still like, one day I'm going to figure out that song. Dude, I have a half a chorus somewhere that's so good. If I can just <laughs> fucking figure out where it fits. Like, I've never found a place for it. But it's so satisfying. Like, people talk about the magic of sometimes you write a song and it, like, literally just comes like that. Yeah. And that's magic. But that, to me, there's also the equal satisfaction of, like, years later when everything, like you were saying, like, it just all the events of the universe kind of fell into place. We're like, okay, here's the time now where this thing you've been working on actually clicks. And that's another magical. Here's a question for all you guys specifically are, since he's the subject of this interview on the flip side, has there ever been a song you guys have put out where you're like, eh, that like, and then it just goes off and you're like, these people like that piece of shit. Like, (laughs) not my, you know, I don't, not my singles, but there's a song on a, our fourth album um that had wonderful am radio yeah um, my, my one of my favorite songs i've ever written called learning how to smile that's on there as well but um there's a song called unemployed boyfriend and if i could take that one back yeah yeah I'd take it back and people have offered me thousands of dollars to sing that song at their wedding yeah <laughs> i'm like you don't have enough money Come on, I'll give you twenty grand. Yeah, no. sorry, that's not. <laughs> hey, wow. that, was, that was that was <laughs> sale by A One Nation. That was a song we wrote in two and a half hours. And when people started being like, "That's the one," we were like, "You were out of your fucking mind." Fucking mind. That dude. fucking song is yeah. so dumb. It has one word four times. We're like, "There's no chance." You know what do you know? Yeah, see you. You overestimated people. Right, right. <laughs> you overestimated idiots like me who needs that simplicity that doesn't know yeah. what the fuck they're listening well, what's to. What's funny, too, is that I would write songs with other bands, right? And sometimes I, we would do a song that was one word chorus, and I'd have a manager be like, you can't do one word for a chorus. And I'd be like, oh, yeah? You know, <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dickhead, dude. You used up your one word quota, though. I don't think that's a though. dickhead. <laughs> I think he has the right to do that. Because no, he, he definitely does. does. As a songwriter, everybody here that's a songwriter knows that if a manager or an A&R says something, your immediate reaction is, really? You're wrong. Right, right. You're, 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 you're wrong. Why don't you go send an email? And I'll is there still this. A&R guys? Is there really still A&R guys? Oh, yeah. Those well, guys, well, all, so much all the guys that were dumb. A&R when I was coming up are all in real estate. Yeah, TikTok, TikTok robots now is the new. Yeah, A&R. that's that's basically what it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I work with a lot of up and coming bands, right? Like the bands that haven't broken yet. They just got signed and they're looking for that hit, quote unquote. The amount of fear these kids have of the label and the people in the power because some fat guy behind a desk didn't think it was cool enough. And I'm like, you guys are caring too much about what this person thinks crazy that was yeah you know but that's not it's always been like that and i have to say it's got to be the people who have been successful have been the assholes like me (laughs) that are just like i don't i don't care it's it's like when we were coming up in in 94 we had a publishing deal and we did a uh 
we did two uh, label, you know, like yeah. shows for label guys. One in New York at the Mercury Lounge where my drummer disappeared, showed up 45 minutes late and um, baked out of his mind, forgot all the songs, <laughs> wrote two bass strings in a song Who breaks and, here? and three guitar strings. So it was a fucking disaster. <laughs> and then two months later, we did it at Jack's um, at Jack's Shack. What was that place in L.A.? The old, uh, I forget. But it was, uh, we did a show there. And the next day, 32 labels. It was just like one came in. Yep. My manager faxed it to everybody else. And just 32 offers yep. like that. Art. Jesus Within Christ. Days. Art. Guess and, and I responded back, much to the chagrin of my manager. I go, I want this much money. Yeah. <laughs> I want this many firm records. I only want to do give you one option. I want full mechanicals after <laughs> we get a hundred thousand records. And you know, and I loaded the back end, and they're like, okay, this all sounds reasonable. I want tour support. I want a band. Yeah. I want a trailer. You buy it. Blah 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 blah. We get to this level. We get buses. They were all cool with it. And then I go, oh, yeah, by the way, I want total creative control on everything. And I produce my own records. And it was like, poof. Yeah. <laughs> 22, 22 of those 32 labels gone. Crickets. Those, show, those showcases are something. Guess where we did our AWOL Nation showcase? Just one. And we got the same bunch of label deals came in. We did our showcase at Crazy Girls Strip Club. Mark. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. So we actually paid the, we paid the girls not to dance and then did our showcase there. That's that's the ultimate fallback plan. Get it? Fallback? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my fuck. Well, you God. know, you're up there. Did, didn't 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 metal bands used to do that shit? I think didn't so. Well, didn't I think a Motley Crew shot girls, girls, girls at that dance crazy club. girls at crazy, crazy girls. At crazy girls or something like that yeah that was the thing where they were, they convinced us they're like guys molly crew shot a video here it's gonna be awesome we're like mm, okay 500 <laughs> years ago yeah 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 exactly Jesus. all right what hey, are uh before because i know it's, we've been here for a minute i know we're gonna get out of here soon i have to do my compliment section to art um i always this is the first that. by the way this is the first wouldn't know. Oh, yeah, it's very rare that I give compliments, but I say this all the time. There, as a musician, there are a few moments in your musical career that are, for lack of a better word, magical. It was like watching Nine Inch Nails in Germany, watching Alt J at the Bowl, like all these different things that like just kind of change your life as a musician and art. I has I had always been a fan of yours since day one. Then we became friends, which was really cool. Then we went to Max's fortieth birthday party, and you played. Just you with an acoustic guitar standing in front of like a group of people. And it was one of the most incredible, amazing feelings I had ever had. And just put you through the stratosphere and respect from me. And it was just one of the best moments of my life was watching you play a birthday party for our friend. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of what you do of your Thank you. production. I've always wanted to work with you. It's always been in the back of my mind that yep. someday we'll get together and 100%. we'll do something. Yeah. So you get a Congo's Fitness AWOL Foxtrot Everclear collab going. There we go. 
You sound like a fucking manager, Dave. Yeah, uh, dude. I can what be you, the what suit. Do you want? <laughs> well, no, Art, if you Art, if you ever no, want to make a sick. song, Art, if you know what, I'll write song. the song. You guys, yeah, play. that's what we need. Yeah, we're yeah, Poof. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rec- <laughs> we're the one with the platinum records on the wall. We're gonna record your song. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I write for oh. a living, so I can write a song. Hey, everyone's talking shit. Don't give me that face. Everyone's talking. <laughs> Art, I I gotta kind of piggyback Kenny's thing. Um, I I like I said, just massive fan since a young age. This is like surreal. The fact that I'm actually getting to talk to you right now. Um, if you had told me at ten years old I would be on a uh, on a Zoom with you in thirty years, first off, I'd say what the fuck is Zoom? Second <laughs> off, I'd be like, no chance in hell. But um i i didn't want to detour the the convo but i i do want to ask you how are like first off you look fucking amazing the fact that you're 61 years old is bananas you look better than some 30 year olds i know he's my dad's age and my dad looks 10 years older than him dude <laughs> dave's like my so, dad looks fucking terrible <laughs> yeah he, so what, he looks I, like I, shit I, I so whatever you're doing whatever you're doing congratulations keep it up you look awesome but how are you feeling i know i know the news that you announced a few years ago that really fucking sucked to hear but um i'm 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 glad at the same time because i lost my best friend's mom to ms uh, a couple years ago it's fucking horrible horrific disease it affects way more people than i think people realize um, but it's good to see that it's not necessarily a death sentence that you're still doing what you, you know, were put on earth to do. You're making incredible music, you're touring, you're touching lives, you're spreading the word. Um, I mean, how are you, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. It's day to day. Uh, like Kenny and I were talking about in uh, late t- 2021, well, not late 21 in G- January of 21, I caught COVID. And it put me in the hospital for about three weeks. And then I was in bed for two months after that. And I got pneumonia and it wouldn't go away. And I lost about 12% of my lung capacity. Holy shit. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, and and it, and it gave me more lesions. So it progressed my MS. Good news. I'm on a better medication now. I'm on a different protocol um, diet exercise when I'm home. I swim every day. I got to pull in my backyard. Um, that being said, um, it is what it is, man. You know, I, I also had spinal fusion. I'm, I'm legally, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm legally disabled in two ways. I, the, the MS and the, uh, I had two spinal fusions. So it's just, it makes shit harder. It's like getting older. You know, when you get older, shit's older, harder when you're 40 than when you're 30, harder when you're 50 than when you're 40. Um, and this just adds, sometimes it adds a good 10 or 20 years to me. It's just harder to get up and do what I got to do. But that's not every day. And I just, I'm very grateful to my mother for teaching me, not just for the, the 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 disease and and what i've had to go to through physically in the last 10 years but um just in my life i wouldn't have been successful if i didn't have just that perseverance mm-hmm. that that quantitative um tenacity of just 
no, I don't like that. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's I'm not changing. I remember when we got signed, dude, we had up to that point a phone book worth of rejection letters from various yeah. bands, from Everclear, Color Finger, Easy Hose, all my bands that have bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But that when I turned, when I moved to Portland uh, from San Francisco <laughs> with a pregnant girlfriend, I was like, okay. This is my last band. I got to do one more. I can't walk away from it. And if this doesn't work, I'll be a songwriter and work for a label and do that, right? And be a label president someday. But uh, it worked, thank God. And a large part of that is because I didn't give up. And I say that to people when people ask, can you give me any advice? I go, yeah. If you really believe in yourself, don't give up. Yep. Don't listen to other people. Listen okay. to other people. Take from it as objectively as you can. Be your own biggest cheerleader and your own worst critic at the same time. Mm-hmm. You you have to be able to say, yeah, I like this song, but it's not good yeah. yet. It's not great. And and don't, it's like when we were making Afterglow before I called it so much for the Afterglow, we mixed it in New York. And I sent it, this is back in 97. I sent it ISDN to my AR guy and to Perry Watts Russell. And he's like, Arthur, in his stupid English accent, says, <laughs> Arthur, um, it's okay. You know, it's 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 good, but it's yeah. not great. It's not up to your standards and it's not gonna do for your career what you want it to do. And I walked around, I was so fucking depressed. I walked around New York for like two weeks and uh, just stayed there and licked my wounds. And then I started writing songs and started writing notes. And I spent two and a half weeks just getting four or five new songs ready, production notes, what songs to get rid of. And I called the band and said, we're going to do this. We're going to remix it. Told my NR guy to get Andy um uh why am I blanking on his name? Who's the big mix guy? Uh, come on, guys. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I Andy. Don't know. Anyway. Andy. Uh Andy Wallace. Andy Wallace. There we go. And Andy Wallace agreed to mix it. And um we went in and uh, turned it into <coughs> after so much for the afterglow, which I still think to this day is, you know my my kind of crowning achievement what a pinnacle statement man that's incredible and it, it really was i'm ready hard. to run through a fucking brick wall right now man, my life's ever gotten hard the only thing i can that works for me is to say you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it it's one or the other there's there's yeah. no in between binary so it sucks and you're going to do it or you're just not going to do it so pick one and move forward right. right and that's where bravery comes in it really is it's brave to have a have a pregnant girlfriend and be on welfare and just say, I'm doing my band. I'm going to work temp jobs. I'll do, I'll go out and dig ditches. You know, I'll do anything I have to do, but um, I'm still going to leave every night and go to this, you know, to this shitty basement Mm -hmm. and work on these songs. Mm -hmm. And because bravery is not doing something you're not afraid of. It's doing it, being afraid and doing it anyway. And yeah, I was afraid, 
but I, I'm one of those people like we were talking on, and I think all of us are to a certain extent, when you scare me, when you put my back to the wall, that's when I get fucking, mm-hmm. that's when I go in, into motion. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That's how you have to. That's how we have to end this combo. I'm sorry. Best like, interview that, we've ever had. That was yeah. That Great. was my favorite. That, that, that yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Swear to God, dude. We oh, had. Swear, it's man. definitely up there. It's been yeah. the best hour, like of motivation and inspiration, and just recounting glory. What a cool this story, top awesome, to bottom. Man. I should write a book, huh? Yeah. How have you not? How have you not? We didn't even really talk about the drugs and the women. That those are the good parts. Part two. We we'll do a, we'll do a part two. No, I want. Can, can I name your live album? Can the name of the live album be "I Did Cocaine and Had Sex at the Whiskey and All I Got Was This Fucking Live Album"? <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say cocaine. I said heroin. But you're close. Cross out cross out cocaine you're, and write heroin above it. No, you're half right. It was speedballs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did speedball so and drug cocktail. The and all I got was this hey, live album. Maybe we just call it speedball. There you <laughs> go. Or, or or speedballs back in the day. Help me riff with me, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speedballs. Speedballs at the Roxy. Speedball speed, <laughs> speed 1989, something like that. 97 oh, yeah. speedballs. Fuck yeah. <laughs> all right. Everybody, go go see Everclear on tour. All right. How many more dates do you have left? Dude, here in here in uh, Australia, yeah, just in general. A, I mean, we have a big audience in America. So, uh, we, what what are we hitting? Well, we as of yesterday or as of last week, we have sixty shows booked. So, Jesus. and that's good shit. That's, we did ninety last year, and it's only it's only February, the first week of February. All right, if there's an LA show, I'll see you there, my friend. Well, hopefully, we'll have one. Um, you know, it's funny. I was going to call you about the whiskey show. Yeah. It was on December 1st. I should have called you. Yeah. I just, I just got so wrapped up in like, you know, I just got off the bus and I was home and my 15 year old daughters wearing push up bras and shit. Oh, God. (laughs) So I've got six month old twins. So I'm in the thick of it. But next time you're in LA and you think about it, hit me up. We'll go grab a coffee. Let's go grab a coffee. That'd be fun. Sounds good. Hey, guys, man, thank you guys for having me on this. Real quick, yeah, are you so much, man. are you working with any MS foundations or anybody you want to shout out? Absolutely, absolutely. I work with the MS Society, and I work with um, uh, why am I blinking? There's the MS right there. Um, <laughs> I work with several different societies and organizations. We'll get that from your manager, and we'll yeah. be sure when this we'll episode Kenny comes know out. And, uh, when we post this, we'll make sure to. Shout him out and include it and yeah. link to it. That'd be great. Is, we cannot uh, thank you enough, man. This was this was dream come true. Thank you. And so you much. are on record of signing up to all of us record the song that White Sox Dave writes. And one of you, you're on record. That's legally binding. Why don't legally we binding. just uh, kick Dave out of this and uh, cut the middleman out? And uh, <laughs> you know, imagine me. You know me and middlemen. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, know. you know what's funny? The last thing I uh, I have spent. The last two years, I went back to college online to get my alcohol drug certification to work with people in recovery and uh, to get uh, three protocols of of a master life coaching course. Took me almost two years. And one of the things I'm working with is creatives, people who are creative that work in the creative industry. And um, man, if I had had a guy like me, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, 
I still own my publishing. Because <laughs> oh. I, you Dude, know? you're you're a beast, yeah. man. Honestly, like your your life story, it's fucking insane, and you continue to just do They're incredible make stuff about you, Art. <laughs> yeah, you got to write a book, man. You got to write a book. I want to write Please. the book. I'm 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 moving in that direction. Hopefully, I'll do it before I die. Please, we'll see. Okay, ladies and I gentlemen, enjoyed. Art, thank Great. you so much, brother. All right, man. You guys are awesome. Thank you again for having me on. Thank Kenny you. Yep. And you guys be good. All right. So that was Art from Everclear. Great interview. Go check him out on tour. Go listen to all their songs. Look out for the live album. Uh, Kenny, he was everything you told me he was going to be, dude. Great guy. Dude, I, he's... I don't know how, how else to say he's just real. He's a real person. He's a genuine, yeah, yeah. honest, good human being who cares about you and is interested about you and has been through the gnarliest shit uh, and is still that positive of a person. It's, it's crazy, man. Love art. Good fucking dude, man. Yeah. Really good dude. Uh, let's go into on list, off list, and we'll get the fuck out of here. Uh, Kenny, let's start with you. Who's on your list? Sushi. Sushi. Yo, know, since we had twins, you know, getting out of the house is tough. It's, you know, it's, it's like asking somebody to watch one baby, no problem. Asking somebody to watch two babies is a whole other thing. So we just don't get out that much. And we went we hit sushi the other night, and it was fucking incredible. Saved my life. Fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, no, um, sushi is the fucking best. And I, I found sushi in really weird places. Like, I always say Asheville, North same. Carolina was the best sushi I've ever had in my entire Sa life. Yo, same. Me... I don't know how, but the best sushi I've ever had is here in Thousand Oaks, which is really crazy. But, Why is uh, that crazy? You're like in... Well, that makes sense, dude. Yeah, Do like... Does it, though? Because, Johnny, it's like we've been all over the world. I've had sushi. Yeah, but I... I had sushi. Yeah, but, I mean, You're... Dude, name drop? LA is like up there. In I got a name of... drop for you. I had sushi with Andrew Luck in Paris. And the sushi what? here in Thousand Oaks is better. Yeah, true story. But the Andrew uh, Luck. Yeah, yeah. That's Andrew Luck. Very random. Why Wait, Andrew Luck? Have we not talked about the Andrew Luck connection? Oh no. no. Okay. So okay. Shit. Okay. <laughs> we talked about this a million times. He's a huge AWOL fan. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny held field goals for him. In no, the no, 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 no. Dante, he held a field goal for me. I kicked okay, the ball, and everybody backstage got quiet and goes. Are you fucking kidding me? You can't do that. I almost ruined the whole fucking season, you know. Um, but you had you had sushi with he Andrew was Luck? in Paris when we were playing Paris, and his people hit us up and asked if he can come to the show. And we ended up getting dinner beforehand. That's what, it's a really funny random story. But my point is that of all the places I've ever been, this little place called Tomodachi in Thousand Oaks, nice the shit. All right, that was. Do you know Sao Paulo? I mean, it's like twenty percent. Of Sao Paulo is Japanese. I believe it's like yeah. the big one. It's the biggest population of Japanese people outside of Japan. I believe in Sao Paulo. So yeah. like in the middle of Brazil, some of the best like really? Japanese and sushi food. Yeah. No shit, Johnny. Who's on your list? Uh, you guys know Kevin O'Leary from yeah. Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mr. Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, I've just started uh, remixing or whatever duetting his videos on Instagram. <laughs> he. I love him. I fucking love him. Like, there's no bigger Mark or Dante commented on one of the other day. It's like the it, this is the end times, boys. Yeah. Like, you watch his videos where he's crying about a fucking watch, and you're like, this is what it was like to be there when Rome took that final like debauched like orgy fuckfest and just died. And we're there right now, and Kevin O'Leary's leading the way, and I fucking love him. Oh, I love that. I love right. that. <laughs> It's on my list too now. Uh, Dave, who's on your list? <laughs> I'm going to throw a little curveball. I'm going to go with country music. Oh. I'm with that. It's taken me 34 years to get into it more and more and more. And and, and I still, I like, I'm not, 
I respect Brad Paisley as a musician. I don't like his music though. Corny. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and but like these smaller bands that we've both interviewed and that I've like found just be like because of Spotify algorithms like 49 Winchester now JD Clayton. That music's just awesome. So mm-hmm. like the it's uh, it's some of my favorite music to listen to right now, and and I it's no secret that I love like blues rock. That's like my favorite type of music, and like the the similarities between the two, like they're they're basically the same. I mean, just like all comes from the same place, different. man. All comes from the same place. It all comes from blues, so it makes sense. It is funny to me because. Kenny, you brought up last week Dave's slow transition into like uh Midwest like Yellowstone guy. Dave's Dave <laughs> Dave's starting to hit that turn where he's like, Yeah, I'm a country guy for sure. Dude, I had been trying to start that fucking show for like weeks and weeks, and I'm on episode two, and like I'll fall asleep a minute into it, and then I'll watch the next minute the next day. Like <laughs> I know I'll love that show, but I can't fucking it's like <laughs> I need to be awake for it, and it just doesn't keep me up. I haven't I haven't gotten into it yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Well, so last night, knowing that I would fall asleep, I didn't even attempt it. And ironically enough, I watched uh The Last of Us. Great Check show. it out. Great it's show. it's very good. It's I mean it's not like you know uh Emmy Award winning acting or anything like that, but it's it's it'll hook you. It's nice to have appointment television again. You know what I mean? Every exactly. once in a while, yeah. it's nice to have something you set your watch to on Sundays, and you're like, I'm watching that. It's going to be fucking great. I feel like right. HBO has come out the winner in this all this streaming shit because like, they were just an, attacked by like Netflix. Everyone, like all the new players in the game. And at the end of the day, they came out. They're still making the best content, for yeah, sure. Yeah, ne- Netflix fell off hard. Netflix oh, dude, fell yeah, off hard. It's pretty, it did it should just be banned. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, Dante, who's on your list? Uh, the Sun. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah. The sun has uh, showed itself the last couple days in Chicago, and it is glorious. Dante, right. better, I was better than advertised. I went to the sun's Wikipedia page this morning and read the entire thing start to finish. That's how intrigued <laughs> I am with the sun. I wanted to know more about it. So I read like a 30 minute explanation on what it is and who it is and why it is and all that stuff. I so I like the sun too. All right. Chat out the nice. sun, dude. Uh, my on the list is Taco Bell. Uh, had Taco Bell after the studio last night. Never forget what Taco Bell has done for us. Taco Bell has been there for you in the moments where you're at your lowest. Taco Bell is always consistent. It doesn't change. Taco Bell <laughs> on my list. Cheesy gordita crunch, two soft tacos, fire sauce, smashed it in the car, sitting there like a moron, wiping cheese off myself when I was done. Taco Bell on my list forever and an eternity, although it has gotten more expensive, which makes me sad. Uh, but yeah, Taco Bell's on my list. Kenny, who's off your list? Off my list, uh, I didn't really have an off my list, and we haven't done segments in a while. I remember that my last off my list that I was thinking about was doing podcasts because I think it was like an eight thirty in the morning, one <laughs> my my time that I had to do. I forgot what it was, but I was like, oh, my off the list is early morning podcast for sure. So I guess just responsibility in general. I yeah. respect that. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who wants responsibility? Yeah. Having to be anywhere at any time is such a pain. <laughs> Life, no, life's, like, life's annoying, dude. Yeah, dude. It's on that note, I hope we have uh, a zombie flesh-eating uh, amoeba or fungus that, and I want to live just like the dude did who, like, buried himself under the, I, I'm. this is big-time spoilers right now, sorry. yeah. Uh, under the uh, house and and just like make my own community. Game start. 
Dave, don't <laughs> you don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm only That's three in. I'm only three in. You want to be a fucking prepper, which you've made so much fun of me for since I fucking met you. Dante, you I've would sent, be a you would be a doomsday prepper. You I've would. Sent, I sent you fucking seeds. I've sent you growers. I've sent you all this shit, and you think I'm a psychopath? And now it's, no, 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 no. I don't, but I think you're a psychopath. About that life? Fuck out of here. <laughs> I want to. Just like, I don't want to build all the shit and like grow it all. I just want to like be placed in the environment. Yo, who here has I wanna, a good, I you, you say that, but we we just had this ice storm out here. So for like three or four days, it didn't have power. And it's a stark reminder of how quickly sh things would turn to shit yeah. and how bad things would be. Because like we got a boil water notice and you're like, oh, I've got three days left of water, and that's it. Yeah, like it's dude. it's just over so quick for most people, particularly out yeah. here in Texas, dude. Like, you think you're prepped yeah. here because you've got a little box of, like, fucking <laughs> flares? Like, there are people here that have got doomsday bunkers. Like, your neighbors oh, out yeah. here are oh, so yeah. prepped. Oh, yeah. Yo, who I'd here be, has I'd be dead. I'd be dead in an hour. Who here yeah. has a go No, and, and everyone thinks, like, oh, <laughs> the, government, the government will take care of them. Nobody. Nobody's coming for you. <laughs> Nobody's going to help you. Yep. The people that are coming are coming to take your shit and kill you. Dude, Sarah and I started watching. Dude, I'm not going to give you. I didn't know I was on the Tucker Carlson show. Listen, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but I just started The Last of Us, and Sarah and I are already kind of preppers. Watching The Last of Us every five minutes, you're like, we're getting one of those. We're getting one of those. We're on Amazon. Getting, I'm like, both of us are getting body armor. We're getting gas masks. We're getting all the shit. See, I, I, I've been watching. I've been watching the same show, and I'm like, you see that body, that pile of flaming bodies? Yeah, I'd be at the bottom of that. Pile. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know I would be. That's why, that dude. Much. You need water. Water. Like everyone gets all these complicated prep. Like we need this and that, and like weapons and that. Like yeah, fine. It's, it's easy. I live on the fifth largest freshwater lake in the world. Yeah, but if you're talking zombies, yeah. is it going to be fresh? You need a way to purify it. You need a way to oh, yeah. store need, it. You need purification tablets, iodine, yeah. great. I have uh, all that. Filters. I have all of that. And you the life straw. You guys can get the life straw. The life straw is like 30 bucks. I'll just kill yeah, I have myself. a life straw. Yeah. I'll just kill myself. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Uh, Johnny, who's off your list? Um, diet people. Like everyone with their opinions about diet, you know, it's like less of a fucking person? Car carnivores today. And then it's veganism tomorrow. Like this obsession with like thinking it's one thing that's going to fix everyone's problem. It's like, shut up. Like, it's all the points are valid. Like there's some validity to like a carnivore based diet. There's some validity to a vegan diet, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's what about, shoved what about my the keto? What about the keto people, Johnny? No, it's not any specific thing. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, they've all got valid points, or most of them have got valid points. Like, even fucking Liver King in that. Like, there's some valid points hidden in there. But it's just, like, this obsession in the, particularly in, like, America right now with, like, this is it. You fucking eat liver and testicles, you're going to be set. Or you only eat fucking fresh fruit or whatever. It's, it's like, an annoying and stupid to get that uh, myopic about it. I will say keto does diet. work. Keto does work? I mean, in the in the no, I don't, yeah, I don't even mean for like weight loss or like I just mean like there are some people that have Get taken it to such an extreme now where they're like, I only eat what I don't know like they're going to be the first to go testicles. They'll be the first yeah. to go. Yeah, <laughs> they will. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, good point. Fuck those people. Kenny, do you got uh, a weapons arsenal in your new uh, 
uh, house that you like rebuilt out and everything. Yes, I yes I do. And Sarah, Sarah, my wife, last night she goes, "How do we get a shipping container dropped underground in our backyard with ventilation?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yo, now we're talking." Yes. The, the first step for prepping Kenny, if you're being serious, would be to leave California because, dude. Yeah. I know, but here's the, the thing. My, the, my overwhelming feeling living in LA and like, yeah, we were in the middle of Hollywood, so it's like going to be amplified. Is like, literally, there's not a chance in hell. See, that okay, survive that. That's that's the middle of Hollywood where I am up in Thousand yeah, Oaks, right? So we were we were better. talking about this last night watching the show. We're like, we're five minutes from desolate open country in either direction. Like we're close to the city, but like it's not that far to yeah. get to like where nobody is. Uh, yeah, and also my house is on top of the hill. I'm the highest house on the hill, and I have a wall around my house. So I got like we're gonna have turret nests, and like it's gonna be sick. <laughs> you do have to understand that I I live in in Roxborough, which is just crawl like just my part of Philadelphia is crawling with zombies as it is. Yeah, there's fucking yeah, uh, there's yeah. just cretins everywhere. There's fucking meth head junkies as far as the eye can see. Look, I'm already living in the zombie apocalypse. It's fine. It is what it is. I've kind of already uh, put myself <laughs> off to the side. That I need to get my uh, I need to get my camping gear up to spec so that so that I get that yeah. box ready. <laughs> uh, Dave, who's off your list? Off my list. Uh, this is actually an ode to Johnny. Johnny, I I, I noticed you used to have luscious, luscious, luscious flow. <laughs> have luscious, luscious flow. Hair. hair. Oh, hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> Losing hairs off my list because mine. How old are you again? Me, I'm. Uh, how old am I? Forty two, forty one. So you're you're seven years older than me, seven or so. Um, it's by. I'll be looking like you by the time I'm your age. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what's funny? My hair has been. It's a slow, slow, gradual thing. Like if it, even my dad, you look at pictures of him in like his late thirties. He yeah. had like that. You look at him now, it's like receded another inch. But, <laughs> but it's like it's just enough where you're like, okay, that guy's going bald, but not enough yeah. to where you're like all of a sudden completely bald. But you guys both have the thing that is good if you're losing your hair. You have good beards. So you can fucking just go bald head beard. You're fine. It's, it's, it's like cool. it migrates. Yeah. <laughs> I've already decided should I be like a like really really bad with my hair in a few years, I'm just gonna go to like Mexico and get the transplant. Go oh, for it. Yeah. Knock yourself out. If you can, do it. There's some stem cells I in your absolutely brain. am doing it. I don't want to be the bald guy. I got like... You got a ton of hair. You look fine. No, nah, I don't. It's bad. Just shave it so you can test it out before you go spend no. $30 billion on hair plugs from... I've already did the research. It's like twenty five grand to do it legit in the States. If you go to wow. Mexico, you just cross the border to... Like uh 70 bucks. To, uh, what, what's it called? Tijuana. Or you go to Tijuana. Turkey. I wonder how they're doing right now. Uh, it's like two or three grand. Well, there you go. Wow. Dave's got, Dave's got a plan. Uh, Dante, who's <laughs> off your list? Uh, politicians and corporate America. I am. I watched the State of the Union last night. Don't ask me why. I do this First every mistake. year. To First myself. mistake. Agreed. I do this every year to myself, and I can recite the talking points before they come. Yep. And for 20 years straight, I've heard. Whoever's in office, doesn't matter the party, sit there and tell us, we pay too much. You, the American per people, the middle class, pay too much tax. We're going to start taxing the 1% and these mega corporations that pay zero in tax. It's going to happen. We're going to do it this year. Everyone stands up, sucks each other's dicks, 
clap, standing ovation. Nothing fucking happens. Nothing changes. In fact, they hire 87,000 fucking new IRS agents to come after tip fucking employees, which is what they're doing now. They're coming after bartenders, waiters, waitresses, yeah, servers. Please don't, please don't say that because I'm a bar. I, 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 no, don't say it, it, it's happening. It's happening. You're going to have to report they're, every little penny that people leave. It's a fucking yeah. joke, dude. And, and it's going to be on us, the employers, to report it now or we're going to get audited as businesses. That's that's the new fucking uh, tax law going through next year. I'm fucking sick of it. All right. Dude, do, well, you, do, you guys, do you guys know uh, that song by Jarvis Cocker, uh, Cunts Are Still Running the World? No. <laughs> no, I need to hear it, though. I feel like you should go check that out, Dante. That's going to be up your alley this week. <laughs> it's true. They do. All right. <laughs> well, I'll end it here with my off the list. It's the haters and losers, of which there are many. Uh, <laughs> Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. Suck my balls, all of you. Uh, I'll see you Sunday. Oh, why that is going to happen. Colin, I'm worried. Don't be. Listen, I the 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 championship Sunday when the line dropped and it was a pick 'em, I hopped all over it. I said this should this line will probably move to 2. It moved to 2. Everybody, everybody, everybody is betting Philadelphia. I don't know why the line hasn't moved more. And that's making me very, very fucking nervous for this game now. I'm thinking of canceling my bet because I'm worried that something's up and they're not going to win this game. Blind optimism, Dante. It's the only way to live. I'm going in completely blind <laughs> optimist. True. Birds are going to win by a million. Um, I don't think I want to talk to you next week if they don't. You won't talk to me because I'll be dead. <laughs> I don't know. Is this could be the last episode? Is ever. this the plan for next week's podcast? Check in on Colin. Yeah, an in memoriam episode for me after I jump off the Ben Franklin Bridge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's our episode this week. Thank you uh, to Art from Everclear. Uh, we have a bunch of interviews lined up. Uh, Dante and Dave going to handle that tonight. Uh, Dante said, "Fuck you guys. He's out." Uh, <laughs> uh, boys, anything else for me today? Hell no. Nope. Nada. I'll see you guys. All right, we'll see you guys next week. See you All right, boys. Take it easy, everybody.